Welcome back in for the fifth episode of the Dumbbells and Diets podcast. Again, we're just a couple of normies hoping to bridge the gap between everyday fitness, bodybuilding, and the nutrition that applies to So just like always, we like to start off our episodes with kind of an update with what's going on in our lives. Um, you know, like we've told you many times, between being parents and bodybuilders and students and business owners, there's a lot going on and we just wanted to update you. So Missy, if you wanted to go ahead and start this week. Yeah, I am really excited. Um, Keith's been doing a little bit of research over the last two weeks, uh, trying to find us a new home gym to be working out of. Uh, we we love the gym that we were previously at. We just felt like there were some, some time constraints with the hours that they were open. And it was making it at least a barrier for me to get my training days in without having to sacrifice family time on the weekends and trying to blend that all in with, with work. I would be at that gym until they were pretty much kicking me out because they were closing and <laughs> I didn't have all my steps in. So we found one that's actually open 24 hours a day, which I think is going to be really helpful. Um, so we've been going there for the last, what, maybe oh, a week. Yeah. Um, and it's it's been really nice. They have very similar equipment. Um, yeah, a lot different vibe though. You know, uh-huh. we're, we're coming from more of an athletic and club environment, uh, which is really great for the family. You know, they had the outdoor pool and stuff like that that was really fun for the kids and, um, you know, and, and really gave that family environment. Um, but it definitely lacked some of the, you know, serious lifter environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of the gear was a little bit older and, and some of the, the specialized equipment that, you know, I, I specifically am looking for uh, kind of was missing, so it was. It's been a real big blessing to to move on to more of a, a serious training environment. Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, it's it's been nice. Also, one of the things we've been looking at, um, just when we were having that struggle getting to the gym, I've been really wanting to get a treadmill here at home. So we've been researching, you know getting more equipment for our home gym because I, I think that's an area that that we can definitely grow in especially you know here in the pacific northwest we're heading into fall the weather is getting worse and worse and i know my desire to to get out there in the rain is is getting lower and lower so having that treadmill here in the garage is going to be really nice and for those of you that haven't been out to oregon or washington and don't know what it's like um imagine six months of monsoon plus four months of nonstop fog, and that's probably about where we live. Yeah, just like soaking wet by the time you get home, and it gets cold and a little bit miserable. So if I can get my steps in in indoors, I think that would be my preference. Um, but speaking of weather, you're going to be out in the weather quite a bit coming up here. Yeah, well, I guess we're going to jump into to my updates, and, and the big one here uh, is that... Uh, We'll be recording the next episode a little bit early because uh, coming next week, well, not not this coming weekend, but the following, I'll be out in the, the mountains of central Oregon uh, doing some hunting. Um, we're going out to a, a place where my family's been going since I was a, a little guy. And, and to be honest, uh, my family's been going there for a lot longer, um, yeah. all the way back to when my grandpa was young. Um, and I've got a lot of really fond memories out there, including a few Halloweens, uh, where we, <laughs> where we <laughs> carved pumpkins out in the woods and, uh, that's crazy. yeah. And then, you know, and we post them up on the truck and we'd have our own little Halloween celebration. So it was pretty fun. Um, yeah, on top of that, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm wrapping up, a, another school block here and, um, 
I've got a, a new school block that's starting literally the week uh, that I head out for this uh, this vacation, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm having to to manage how I'm going to accomplish all of that. Try to see if I can't find a signal extender so I can get my Wi-Fi out there and keep doing homework <laughs> while I'm out in the middle of the the woods and whatnot. So it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. Um, yeah. I may have to run into town a couple times to get it done, but you do what it takes. You do what it takes. Hey, I'm not complaining. That means I get my my week and a half of the house to myself. I mean, yeah. I'll have the kiddo still. Actually, I'm gonna end up joining Keith for for a couple days out there and just get my toes wet in this whole new new thing that I I've never done. I've never gone hunting. We've done family camping trips on on my side, but yeah. I'm excited for this this experience. Yeah. So it'll all be good stuff, and it's just it's in the end, it's really good time in nature, um, and. I always find that I, I come back with a recharged battery. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also means that I'll be coming into uh, a deload block and a, and a diet break, although it's not really a diet because I'm on a surplus season, but uh, I'll head into a, a, a period of maintenance while I'm out there. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, the, I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about as far as updates uh, is, you know, we talked about the new gym um, and with new gym, uh, comes new equipment um, and, and learning you know not all of not all machines have the the same uh, your PR as far as a, a lat pull down on one machine at one location isn't going to be the exact same weight yeah. as your weight on a different on, on, on the same machine in a different location and some of that's just you know how well it's maintained or how old it is or whether or not it's got any dings or whatever in the the cables or pulleys assemblies. Um, I just like to pretend I PR'd on a ton of things, okay? Don't burst my bubble. <laughs> yeah, and, and one of the big changes I, I have here is that this new gym doesn't have a hack squat machine, um, which is a little bit new in my life. I've always had one around. Um, but I, I've, I've moved into a leverage squat, um, which is nice. Uh, and I, I really actually, I feel like it's taken a lot of uh, the lower back uh, fatigue out of my mm-hmm. routine when it comes to my heavy my heavy lift days. So um, we'll have to see. I, I definitely feel like I've got better connection, but um, you know, long term results uh, will will portend that. Um, and the other thing I was really excited about um, is that this gym does have a lateral raise machine um, where it's it works on those two sideways uh, pulleys. Um, and so I'm able to replace my, my dumbbell lateral raises with an actual machine. And what I found is I'm actually, because it is uh, plate or rather pin loaded, uh, I'm able to get a lot more uh, stability in that movement. Mm. And I can hold at the top of the range uh, a little bit longer and get that pause at the, re- at the top oh, nice. to ensure that I'm getting a more quality rep. Whereas I feel like with uh, the, the wide-armed double dumbbell raises um just i wasn't able to get as much of a hold at the top and i feel like a little bit less quality so mm-hmm. very good stuff there um but the one thing that does that, that does present though is it's a challenge to the consistency in in my training program and um you know with every change that you have um what you're trying to accomplish is the minimal amount of uh change in your training intensity um, so that you can uh, track your results and track your progress as accurately as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today is, is consistency. 
Okay, so let's talk about what consistency is first. Uh, and let's start with the, the dictionary definition of consistency, which is conformity in the application of something which is necessary for the sake of logic, accuracy, or fairness. In our context, consistency is critical to our accuracy of our program, the training and nutrition. Accuracy over time in regards to our body composition is what real yields the results. Uh, one day of perfect nutrition or training is not going to present the visible changes to our body, but rather the weeks, the months, the years of accurate efforts uh, that we make is, is what's going to yield the changes, these adaptations that we're trying to make. So to take that, you know, even one step further, uh, when we're talking about consistency and break that down a little bit, it, it really starts playing into just our, our habits that are going to support this, you know, our our day-to-day -day life habits that we establish for ourselves, our habits we build with our nutrition, with our fitness, our training. And I think, you know, a really big one here is just having good, good life habits. And I mean, those are as easy as, you know, your sleep, your your routine that you have. And I know for me, what's been really, really key is having a really solid evening routine yeah. um, and setting myself up for success the night before. Because when I start my day and I'm not prepared, the you know, the backpacks aren't packed <laughs> yeah. and, or I haven't done my meal prep or, or anything yeah. like that, I'm suddenly so off track and that's now. the run to Starbucks on the way to work yeah. or, you know. And you're behind the eight ball. You know, at that point, you're trying to play catch up the whole time. I really feel like, um, and for me, this all, this goes all the way back to uh, my habits in the military. Um, so a lot of times, uh, you know, we get off work. Uh, you know, it's, it's five, six, seven o'clock at night, and PT's at five, and you're trying to get every ounce of sleep that you can. So either you you get your rear end up at like the early early crack of dawn. And, and do all of your prep and, and scramble around. And that was what usually what the, the knot heads <laughs> did. And then they'd forget half the gear or you know, not get a shave in. Uh, and I always preach that you got to set yourself up. you got to slingshot into that next day by having everything squared away. So when you wake up, you're just on autopilot. You've already made all the decisions that you have to make. You've already prepared all the things you have to have. You don't have to remember anything. You just have to grab it and go. Well, and, you know, also in that context, you're relying on yourself to actually get up when your alarm goes off. And I know I'm the kind of person who has multiple alarms. So if, <laughs> if I tell myself I'm going to get it done in the morning, I'm not going to get it done in the morning. And I just know for myself, like the key lies in the evening routine and making sure that everything I need for the morning is already done before I go to bed that way in the event that the alarm goes off or I, I miss the alarm, mm -hmm. I'm still set up for success. I have my, my lunch is packed. The kids are ready to go. We just have to get, get dressed and get out the door. Um, so yeah. that's, that's the key right there for me. I, I, would, I would also say that it, uh, having that amount of preparation done also kind of relieves some of the anxiety. And, and I know if any of you are like me and your planners, um, you can definitely stay up till three o'clock in the morning staring at the back of your eyelids worrying about did i remember to do this did I remember to do that if i've already accomplished these things if i've already written out my plan etc then it enables me to to actually fall asleep because i'm no longer worried about it and on top of having everything done the amount of sleep that you're getting is, is mm -hmm. really really critical both in you know just your mental focus you know is is one that's, that's really helpful um but also, let's talk about the training adaptations that happen when we're when we're working out, right? Yeah. Um, your body requires 
sleep to repair the those micro tears that you're creating in your muscles right mm -hmm. uh, not only that but uh, just your uh, your mentality uh, your psyche it, it reduces the amount of stress that you're under if you if you get yourself a full night's sleep so so getting to sleep accomplishing you know a good solid six to, to eight hours of REM cycle sleep is really critical um, to have a, a stable and consistent platform upon which to operate each day. Mm -hmm. Well, and you know, with sleep, you have to be able to bring your A game to your training. And it's so mm -hmm. hard to do that when, when you're under rested. I mean, how many times have, have we gone to the gym at the, for me, like at the end of the day, after a work day, mm -hmm. I, I consistently notice my performance is lower than if I get up in the morning and I go, yeah. uh, because just your, your rest plays a really huge role in, in bringing your very best self to the table. So well, that's, a, that's a whole different caveat in and of itself, yeah. right? Is planning, you know, and again, this is life habits. This is our schedule, how we're going to operate our life. And, and one of them is, is determining, predetermining and scheduling when you're going to train, mm -hmm. right? Uh, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm an early morning trainer. I, I feel like I get the best out of myself if I wake up, I go to the gym, and I push. And then the rest of my day, I have momentum, I have inertia. Um, and I also go to bed excited because I want to get my rear end to sleep so that I have plenty of sleep to wake up and feel rested going into the gym. And yeah. because I'm coming fresh off a sleep cycle and not having you know been put through a full day of work, mm -hmm. um, then I, I don't feel as exhausted when I when I step into the gym platform. Some folks, they like to have the day uh, up behind them when they go to the gym and then kind of burn off that, that stress the of the day. The work stress, <laughs> yes. Take it out on the weights. Yeah. So this kind of brings us to our next topic, which is training habits. Um, and to kind of caveat off of you know the, the time of day that you train, right? Um, it's really important to have a rhythm that makes sense to your life, right? If yeah. you're not a morning person, <laughs> then don't don't plan your training routines in the morning. Don't cram pack your afternoons so that you can't get to training. Plan for for when it makes sense for you, you know. Um, and on top of that, it's it's really critical to have a training calendar. Period. Yes. Right. I would uh, agree with a that. A lot of folks, they they have this grand scheme that they're gonna. They're gonna go to. They're gonna go work out, and they're gonna try to get to the gym as much as they can. But those aren't definable goals, which means that you can't evaluate success or failure. Because in the end, if you went to the gym once that week, then well, maybe that was a success. Question mark. Dot dot dot. Dot dot dot. <laughs> well, like, what what are you training? You know, yeah. uh, some people walk in. I'm just gonna do some upper body. Mm -hmm. uh, there are so many muscles in your upper body. Like, what are you really working? What are yeah. you trying to? to achieve when you hit the gym and you know kind of piggybacking off of what you said truly the best program that you can have is one that you're going to stick to yep. so that that goes back to the time of the day or or the days of the week you know what makes sense for your life because if you if you pick a time of day or days of the week that you know you're not going to be able to follow through on um you're setting yourself up to fail yeah so and and i i guess the the way that one the way that i sculpt uh, the programs for our clients and to the way that I would recommend you, know, you the audience approach this is is have one of two standards uh, for your training program either have standard days of the weeks of the week 
that you know is going to work for you, right? For, for instance, I am on a five-day split. I work out all five days of the work week. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas some folks, they like to take a break on Wednesdays and uh, train that additional day on Saturday and then take Sunday off. Right. And like for me, you know, Keith likes to work the work week and have his weekends where he's he's resting and not training for me because I, I work full time at the clinic and also just trying to, to divvy up my time I have to spend with the family. Mm-hmm. I like I prefer to have my workout days be on the weekends um, mm-hmm. where I can get my workout done in the morning and still have the rest of the family day, but I'm not drained or rushing trying to get to work or get my workout done after a full work day. So yeah. you really have to know, you know, what can you achieve and what, what are you gonna be able to stick to and what makes sense for you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and for some folks, you know, maybe it doesn't make sense to have specific days. Um, maybe it's, it's important to have a, a specific amount of days, mm-hmm. right? Maybe, um, you know, for instance, Missy and I, we have pretty dependable schedules. We know what's gonna happen each week uh, and if it's going to change, you know, we're going to have plenty of, of notice. Shift workers, um, uh, maybe you don't get quite as much notice. Maybe you get a, a, a one-week uh, look ahead mm-hmm. into your schedule. So it's important to have, I'm going to train three days a week. I'm going to train four, five days a week, and I'm going to have to figure out uh, as I get my schedule when to fit those in. Um, you just have to be really careful with that because I think it can be really easy to say, oh, I didn't get to it today. I'll get, I'll get to it tomorrow. I just have to hit my three or four days and, and kind of push it off. Right. So you know, again, what works for you specifically? Yeah. And you, you know, each of us knows just how accountable and, 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 and reliable we are to our schedules. The biggest thing though is is to is to make uh, um, a commitment to to following through to the schedule, right? Because in the end, what, what what are we trying to cre- create here? We're trying to create a sense of consistency, mm-hmm. a reliable pattern upon which we can stack good days, good weeks, good months, good years. Because in the end, like we said at the start here, the consistency over a long period of time is what creates these adaptations in our body, right? Whether we're trying to uh, you know, shed body fat and come down to you know, a, a composition that we feel more comfortable in public, um, or you know, we're, we're trying to create uh, extra lean mass on top of it, right? Yeah. Um, which is kind of the, the world that I'm in. And, and actually, once you get into that world, it's it's even more critical because the gains happen pretty slowly. Yeah, it, it is a long game, as we have said, kind of throughout this whole podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and, and on top of, you know, the, the schedule that you're going to have, uh, I, I know that there's a lot of different concepts uh, when it comes to training programs out there, um, especially with, um, you know, home workouts, etc., and and a lot of companies and trainers approach from the perspective of let's keep our athletes from getting bored with the workouts, and there's benefit to that. Uh, I, I will give that uh, some credence, but the way that I operate, um, it's it's hard to track progress if you're not doing the same thing regularly. You can't yeah. tell. You know, on, 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 on my hack squats, have I improved if I'm only doing them, you know, twice a month, right? Uh, it's, there's not enough consistency in there. Number one, uh, there's, there's a lot that goes into each movement that you have, right? And muscle memory is absolutely so critical. Uh, and on top of it, you, you can't track, you know, bar speed, 
right? I can't track how fast the bar is moving at this weight if I'm not doing it very frequently. So it's to, to me and, and uh, to a lot of other practitioners, it, it, it becomes very critical to create a sense of consistency in the movements. Um, well, especially with that, you know, a lot of various programs that exist are, it's a very prescribed number of reps. So how are you able to track, you know, am I, am I getting to the top of my rep range? Mm -hmm. Do I need to go up in weight? If you're, yeah. if you're not keeping a log of, yeah. you know, what weight you're lifting period. And, and really this comes down to a concept that it, it might sound harsh, uh, but it is a, it's kind of a fact of physics and the reality. If you're not tracking, you're not training. Right. And that it's not, to denigrate folks that aren't tracking, right? There's a difference between working out and training, yeah. right? And folks that are working out, there's a benefit to it, right? You're, you're still moving, you're providing cardiovascular uh, you know, training and you're providing resistance to your muscle groups, et cetera, and, you, and you're, you're improving your life. Um, but again, if you're not tracking, you don't have consistency, you can't measure progress. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's really the kind of the, the center of that concept. So. so that comes back to like, what are your goals? If your goals are you're trying to build lean muscle mass, um, it, it's really crucial that you're tracking. Um, if you're just trying to overall improve your fitness and make sure you move your body a little bit every day, you know, it, it's very dependent upon you. And that's why it's so important just to have a program and to know what your goals are. Because right. if you don't know what the end goal is, you know, how do you know the roadmap to get there? Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So uh, the next thing is, is as far as creating a lifestyle of consistency when, in regards to you know fitness and nutrition is, is your nutrition habits, um, and it all starts it all starts with with having a goal, right? There has to be uh, a finish line that you're approaching. Otherwise, you can't measure where you're coming from or going to. Um, but once you have that goal, right, once you have that, uh, that finish line is decided on, um, developing a, a shopping list of the types of foods that fit within your plan. Right? Mm -hmm. uh, it's really critical um, to, to have, uh, to have a, a set list of you know, proteins and carbs and fat sources um, that you're going to buy, buy regularly, right? Because what it does is it reduces decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's the same thing, you know, we were talking about uh, having our day planned and prepared the day before. Right. When we wake up in the morning, uh, there's a there's decision fatigue and the ability to make incorrect choices. Right. Well, it's the same thing when you approach your food. Right. You get off work and you're tired and you're starving. If you drive through is looking real good <laughs> right about then. Exactly. Right. But if you've already made that decision, you already know that you've got you know, 10 or 15 different recipes that you can choose from at home, then it's a whole lot easier to come back and, and stay on track. Yeah, and you know, we, we talked a little bit there about having a shopping list. I think um, this is something we talk with our clients about just because I, when you're first starting to track and you're first starting to learn you know, what your macros are and, and what's actually in the foods you've been eating, it, there can be a lot of decision making that comes out on the front end of it. Um, as you, as you just start to learn, like, you know what, this one's really not going to play into something I want to eat every single day. Yeah. It's constantly putting me over on, on my macros. And over time, as you get more and more familiar with the foods that are more in line with your plan and what your family likes to eat, mm -hmm. the, 
the decision making goes away. I mean, our our Winco trips right now have gotten pretty fast because we know we're gonna mm. we're gonna grab our frozen chicken breast. Yeah. We're gonna grab our our fruits and our veg. Like we have our list that we don't need to sit down and do all of that meal prepping. Yeah, you know. And and I'm not gonna lie. Just as a personality type, I am not exactly the shopper type, quote unquote. Right? Those aren't exactly the funnest trips to me. Um, so the ability to to go in and kind of you know make it an in and in and out operation when it, when going to the the grocery store is a big benefit to me, and I know that probably helps some other folks too. Um, and and just having having that shopping list, knowing. I've already decided, you know, which brand of chicken is, is the one that is the most cost effective and, and yeah. which one is, you know, skinless, boneless, et cetera, and fits the kind of the, the plan that we have. It just, well, you know, that's, that's what I mean when I say that it's going to take a little while when you first start because you're going to be in there looking at the labels and comparing, you know, the back of the packages and figuring yeah. out which one is going to suit, suit your needs the most. So it, it does get easier with time as you get kind of, them under your belt now I, I can hear a couple of you in the background going but wait I get bored really really quickly well <laughs> just because you have a plan doesn't mean that you don't get to modify it right uh, in the Marine Corps we have a saying called it, it's Semper Gumby which is always flexible stay flexible right and and the concept there is that life's gonna change your tastes are gonna change what you needs gonna change maybe you overdid it on chicken the last month and you need to back off and incorporate a little bit more shrimp or or tilapia or or even ground beef or flank steak or something like that mm -hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with that uh, rotating your your fruits and your veggies it's great i like to have a little bit of variety in my life too um, and i know that sometimes i want to have some snacks that i enjoy too you know i just but having that base that you can start from and, and instead of having to go every day or every week out and decide on 30 new choices, mm -hmm. I can say, all right, well, I want a new protein source this week. Let's, let's be adventurous and try a new protein source. Yeah, and you will be surprised how many ways you can prepare chicken mm -hmm. and still get that variety. I mean, today I had the best chicken ever. It was just some chicken and a little bit of corn and a little shredded cheese, and I, we got this new green salsa. See, we, we try new things. It was a new green salsa, and it was really, really good, and it was a way, you know, I hadn't had it. I ran up and had to tell Keith about my lunch I had because yeah. it was so tasty. Yeah, heck yeah. So along with, you know, we talked about having, having a plan, right? Well, you have a goal that you're going for. Right. And, and a lot of this is, comes down to the mathematics of your nutritional balance or, your, or rather your energy balance. Uh, and have a caloric target and, a, and, and macro targets um, to start with that helps you decide on how you're going to set up your day. Right? Um, but in, in addition to that, um, it also gives you kind of the boundaries of what you're going to operate in. Mm -hmm. right? So... I'm out on the town or I'm at work or whatever and I'm a little more hungry than I expect that day. Um, we talked about having these decisions already pre-made. If I know that, that sometimes I do get a little more hungry than anticipated, um, if I've got pre-planned snack types, mm, if, snacks. I, if I have choices, you know, sometimes it's just nice to, to sit in front of the, the computer and chew on some carrots or, you know, or a baby bell cheese, 
You know, I mean, it just depends on what you're looking for. But but to have these decisions pre-made, it's so critical because, again, that decision fatigue, it's, you know, it's like it's the saying goes, don't go shopping hungry. Right. Uh-huh. I've made that mistake a, a couple of times here. Um, and, you know, also we I think what we're trying to hammer in, too, is trying to take some of the on the fly decisions off the table, because I feel I find that that's where I end up making, you know, poorer food choices and, you know, something that we've done and that I found to be really helpful also is, you know, what are food tasks I can get done ahead of time. So for me, that's, you know, if I buy a ton of bell peppers, mm-hmm. um, if, if I didn't prepack my lunches, I, I'm not going to grab a whole bell pepper and shove it in my backpack. Uh, but when I've pre-sliced them and I have them in Tupperware containers, yeah. you know, you can throw them and make fajitas, you know, for dinner, or you can grab them for snacks. And what's some of the prep work that you can do ahead of time? Can you pre-slice the chicken and freeze it in individual, you know, serving size baggies? Can mm-hmm. you pre-slice your veggies so you just have to grab, you know, a serving of something instead of sitting here and now you're trying to weigh and yeah, measure and you're hungry and it, time. you know, it becomes a big ordeal. So what can you take off your plate ahead of time on the weekends, do some meal prep? Well, and, and come, come into that meal prep concept, right? Um, a lot of times what we'll do is we'll take, you know, a, a pound or so of ground beef and a pound or so of a chicken and, and we'll cook it up on a Sunday and, and then season, you know, half of it one way and half at the other. So we've got some pre-selected choices that we're mm-hmm. ready for that week so that you know when I have been running since about five o'clock in the morning and it's time to eat lunch and I don't have the time to to cook a meal I can just go reheat some stuff toss some veggies, veggies together and, and, and be done with it yeah and not have a bland meal either so I I want to talk to because we are heading into a holiday weekend actually we have Halloween at, at the end of the week and you know, my family, that's the holiday that I host. We all take turns hosting mm-hmm. various holidays. Um, but with that, and just as we head into, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas time here, I feel like a lot of people struggle when it comes to nutrition um, because there's just, there's so many events, there's so many mm-hmm. parties, family get togethers, and just our society is very food focused when it comes to, to gathering. Um, we, you ask, what can I bring? You know, what, what kind of food's going to be there and how do we plan ahead and, and set ourselves up for success and continue these, you know, nutritional habits. Um, especially when you, you don't know what's going to be there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that I've adopted over time is when I'm going to a holiday, I'm usually the one that brings the veggie tray because Mm -hmm. I know that that's something I can eat. So even if, uh, everything else there is, is stuff that, you know, I don't really want to put in my body because I am trying to meet some goals. Like I have stuff that I know I, c- I can get at least filled up on yeah. and, you know, maybe have a couple exciting things, but the bulk of my, my meal, you know, is, is taken care of. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, and, and to, to kind of caveat off of that, there's a couple ways to approach that both in, you know, like dinner parties at folks' houses, but also going out to eat. Mm, um, yes. And so especially like when I'm in a, when I'm in a, a deficit, when I'm in a cut, um, and, you know, I know that there's a, there's a birthday party that we're going to go out to eat, I'll call ahead and I'll ask about a la carte, you know, chicken and, 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 and salad and whatnot and make sure that there is a safe option so that when I get there, it's not... 
I'm watching everybody else order these extravagant, very fatty and juicy meals um, that I'm committed to not, you know, busting my budget on. Um, and I can still have a, a meal that tastes good and I can still and, and it, it not feel awkward, right? Not feel like I'm having to sit there at the table asking for special favors. It's already kind of pre-decided. This is kind of the concept that we're talking about here is that if you plan ahead, if you get ahead of the game, then it takes the stress out of it a lot. Yeah, and I, I really like, you know, especially in this day and age, so many restaurants have their menus online now. And, yeah. you know, one of, something that I like to do is just pull up their menu and, and see what they even have to offer. And, you know, another tip and trick, because I often find that the portions are so much larger at certain restaurants um, that I end up not eating at all. Or, um, you know, I look at the kids menu. I know it sounds really silly, but... You know, I've definitely had times when like Aiden or Ariana um, have ordered a kid's menu and I feel like it was the same size as mine. So it's, it's cost effective Listen, because it's cheaper. Listen, for yourself little one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't eat as much as you. This is true. Um, but you can find so many things and often I actually think the kid's menu has some blander things. And I don't mean bland as in like void of flavor, but I mean yeah. more of your, you know, less seasoned, less extravagant cheeses and... You know, the mac and cheese on the kids' menu is very different than the mac and cheese on the grown-up menu. Yeah. So knowing ahead of time is, is always really nice. And the last thing I would say when it comes to going out is um, anticipate a little bit more calories than what you would expect out of a meal like that, right? Because no matter what you're doing, those chefs back there, their job is to keep you coming back and ordering more food, right? Yeah. And so there's gonna they're going to use a little bit more grease, a little bit more oil than what you would probably want as someone who's trying to really work on a caloric or a macro budget. Um, so, you know, I would guess 20 to 25% more than what you're hoping mm -hmm. for is probably a good expectation. Well, and I mean, some, some people might not know this, but to piggyback off of what you said, like even with protein options, Sometimes they'll they'll put butter mm -hmm. on top of the steak to make it look juicier, and yep. that that fat is you know it, it tastes very good, and you might not even know it's there. And there's okay. some hidden ingredients where you know at home you cook a flank steak and maybe you barbecued it with no oil, yeah. but the steak in front of you that you know you got at a restaurant is actually covered in, in oil and butter and, yeah. and other additives. So and and just kind of to bring context to that. Uh, food that has nutritional value information on the package, um, the USDA requires a plus or minus 25% accuracy on those information uh, bars. I'd have to say that it's probably even less accurate when you're going to a restaurant. So just, just mm -hmm. food for thought there. Yeah. Okay, so in the end, what we're talking about here with consistency is over time, developing this big package of habits, right? Our life habits, our training habits, our nutrition habits, and it, it becomes this big package of, uh, of progress, right? Each one of them chips away at a problem that you have. Mm -hmm. And a lot of it comes down to having pre-decided choices, right? So and, and in the end, staying ahead of the game and not having to, to make uh, emotional decisions at the last second, um, it, it really helps towards making sure that you stay on track. Yeah. 
Okay, so let's shift gears and talk a little bit about another topic that's kind of along the same lines as you know building consistency, but um, enabling the kind of lifestyle that's going to allow you to succeed, and that's building a home gym. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and what we have to start with is that we have to adapt to today's reality. Um, we live much busier, more compacted lives than our ancestors. Uh, you know, gone are the days where you can work nine to five, come straight home and, and just work was done. Be done. Yeah. Right. You know, there's there's a there's more media that's vying for our attention, um, and also we don't live in a single income environment anymore where you know home life has been secured by the time you get home and you can just shut off we still have things to accomplish with our lives when we get home on top of that um overall we're less active and, and overall uh fatter if we're real about this than previous generations you know um, well, the work day's not going out and, and working in the fields or the farms like we have a lot of just desk jobs that that weren't yeah. a reality you know even a hundred years ago and yeah. I come from a, a, a logger family you know it, my career even in the Marine Corps uh, and it was was in communications and technology um, and once I got to the civilian world um, I found that the desk was where I spent most of my time. Uh, and it's really hard, uh, as we've witnessed with just uh, understanding energy balance, it's, it's, it's hard to eat the same amount when you're not moving as much. Um, and it has led to what we have uh, these days in America specifically of a, a, an epidemic of obesity um, between larger portion sizes, overall fattier foods and a heck of a lot less movement just on average between the reduction in career styles and and the advent of TV and, and all of the Xboxes and whatchamacallits mm. that you know dominate even our childhood just from, from birth to death where we're not moving as much. Yeah, life looks very, very different and you know, you, you have to take into account also, you know, the costs of things um, and looking specifically for, for people who are wanting to, you know, be in various fitness programs, athletic clubs. I was paying $120 a month for the CrossFit gym I was at for, for quite a while. And, and that's a pretty good price. It's a good price. Um, you look at gyms and, and getting a gym that, first of all, provides childcare. I, I'm thinking of our, our single parents because that was me for a while. It, yeah. It gets expensive, first of all, to find a gym that provides it, and then you're paying extra on top of it for that service. It has limited hours, so the, the cost of fitness is so much greater than it used to be as well. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, and, and on top of that, it, we don't exactly, and we're talking about a, a more acute uh, timeline here, but as of the, the coronavirus epidemic, uh, pandemic, the reliability of access to gyms has, has become a concern now too. So you could be well invested into a CrossFit box or a really nice athletic club and, and have access to that stripped away on a day-to-day -day basis. And between the, the gym closures we experienced this last year where you couldn't even get into a gym 
And then we're still seeing the effects of reduced hours because of staffing shortages yeah. or trying to keep you know more people out um, to have that that social distancing. We're we're having access issues to to even get into gyms. They're yeah. very unreliable. So and, and while I'm always going to advocate for having access to a larger gym, just because it's their outlay when it comes to the gear. Yeah. Um, it, I definitely feel like it's time for those of us that are really committed to, you know, making a consistent approach to our fitness, um, to, to take some of that uh, upon ourselves and, and build our own gym at the house. Right. And, and I want to relate this back to experiences that I had with the Marine Corps. Um, you can train wherever you're at with whatever you have. Um, I have, have trained with, have seen uh, folks train with uh, trash cans filled with cement, right? Impressive. So. <laughs> I have not seen that one. I've seen like the bottles. gallon jugs, yep. the, the soup cans. I have not seen cement trash cans. So in the end, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you can you can train. And if you need resistance, there's, there's ways to accomplish it. But to set up a legitimate um, home gym, first of all, you can train anywhere. Right? Uh, whether you're training in your living room, uh, the garage, your backyard, uh, when the weather allows. Mm-hmm. Pacific Northwest doesn't allow that very often, um, unless you've got some unless sort you of get wet. yeah, very cold outdoor patio. Uh, <clears throat> but yeah, shop. You know, and some of us have a little bit more access than others. Some of us have less. Um, but I, I, there's a way to go about it for any of them. Well, you don't need a ton of space. I, you know, with my online coaching, I, I had a friend and, you know, her room that she had to work out and she used her master bathroom. I kid yeah. you not, her her workout, she got them all done in the space she had in a bathroom with very minimal equipment. She saw really great results. Yeah. Uh, it comes down to really how, how bad you want it because it doesn't take a ton of space. You don't have to have a three-car garage to have a home gym. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, and I would say this much that, um, when developing uh, a, a plan for getting your home gym, you, you don't want to go out and buy it all at once, right? Because first of all, you need to figure out what works for your space and for your life. Um, but if you're getting serious about it, uh, when you start to acquire uh, the equipment, uh, there's, a, there's a way to go about it to ensure that, um, one, you're not wasting your money on fads, uh, and, and two, that you're getting the most bang for your buck. Um, and the first um, the first aspect of gear that I like to look at when I'm advising folks or when, you know, as we build our own home gym is when you buy a piece of equipment, ensure that it's multi-use. Yeah, it's not, you, you can only do one exercise on it, you know, that's not getting you the most bang for your buck. So finding things like dumbbells or yeah. kettlebells that you can do multiple exactly. exercises with. Well, and, and to that point with dumbbells and kettlebells, um, you're able to recreate the majority of uh, uh, compound movements, but also isolation movements. And that's really critical. Now, you do have to look into the uh, you know how much it costs to build a full dumbbell set, right? Um, so I would start within, you know, I would have a couple low range, uh, you know, the, the 10 to 20 pound weights, and then I would have a couple higher range uh, dumbbell sets, you know, in the in the forty plus pound ranges, so that you can get some resistance in those compound movements like squats and and Romanian deadlifts, etc. Um, 
on top of that, though, you can also supplement uh, many of your compound and isolation movements with uh, with the band sets. The one thing to keep in mind here is that you're not going to get the same amount of weight out of those, and 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 while um, they're great, um, and and they will definitely prevent. Um, you know, atrophy, loss of strength, etc. Because I think it, it, you only have to have like one ninth of the stimulation it takes to create hypertrophy uh, in order to retain muscle mass. Hmm. Um, it's going to be hard for, especially you know, a, a fellow like me. I'm I'm 227 pounds right now. I I, I lift more weight, um, you know, than than some folks, and much less less weight than, <laughs> than other folks. Um, but I'm not going to get a whole lot of uh, muscle mass increasing stimulus out of a band set but what it does is it keeps you in the game uh, it, you know you're getting you're getting some resistance training in um, and you're getting um, you know a, a cardiovascular stimulus too um, so right off the start I would say you know the the first three implements to look at would be would be the categories of dumbbell kettlebells and bands right because that, that creates your resistance and again, like you do not have to go buy everything all at once. When I first started our home gym, I, I literally started with a pair of t 10 pound dumbbells. And as yeah. I, I got comfortable with those and wanted to increase, I went and bought the next size up. But having just a, a light, medium and heavy weight that mm -hmm. will give you, you know, a, a range to work bigger and smaller muscle groups is just a really good place to start. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and then the next thing I would start looking at uh, once you've acquired you know a base set of those is is some some implements to to work off of some base uh, structure like a bench now if you're gonna get a bench um, I would recommend getting one that it's adjustable so you can have both the the flat medium and, and full incline so you can have a you know a support for doing your incline bench or your shoulder press etc while still being able to do a regular bench press movement or bent over rows etc right but um, ha have something to, to give you uh, a base to work off of. Um, and the next thing I would look at, <clears throat> one of the struggles that I found um, when it comes to having a home gym um, is, is leg training. Now, outside of having a squat rack, you know, and a, and a, and a barbell and a bunch of Olympic weights, um, one of the things that's really hard to accomplish and hard to replicate is your leg extensions, your hamstring curls, your abductors, abductors, and your adductors, adductors, um, and I have found one one implement. I, we actually haven't bought it yet, but I'm interested to get it. It's called Monkey Feet, um, and, and I have no affiliation with these folks, but I definitely see the value in it. And what it is is it's uh, an implement that that attaches to your ankle and provides uh, a secure point for you to attach a dumbbell to. So that you could sit there, uh, you know, on the edge of your bench and and do leg extensions without having a leg extension machine, without having a cable assembly setup, which is part of what we're going to talk about later. But um, you know, as far as having you know a, a pretty cheap way to go, because I think they're like seventy-five bucks for a pair. Um, I think that it's a good way uh, to start building your uh, your home gym implement set. Um, and it gives you that full range of motion, right? And it, it's also a, a space saver. If you're someone who yeah. has really limited space, you don't have a whole garage to, yeah. to commit to a gym and you need to be able to store something away. Mm -hmm.
having some of these kind of smaller things that that can get tucked away or, or pulled out as needed yeah. you know that's that's another factor to consider is you know the amount of space you have to store equipment because you might not be someone who can get a whole you know rack and and the olympic yeah. weight set up um, but you can get some good equipment that is smaller that still gives you some some muscle stimulation and a good workout yeah 100 percent um, and then the last bit is just along the lines of, of having um, structure to work off of and talking in regards to body weight, you know, and and with that would be uh, would be having you know a, a pull up bar for for sure, um, and and that's something that um, you know you can you can work actual pull ups, you can work the negatives, etc. But just um, you know, and then of course you just have the ability to work off something like a porch and do calf extensions, etc. Right, but there's just a ton of different ways uh, uh, to start ensuring that you have the capability to continue training, not just working out, but training and and growing and tracking your progress, etc. So, uh, <clears throat> and that's kind of the the base set. Once you move from there, then you start looking into some more substantial equipment. Um, and, and we're talking about probably the next move that you would make would be to purchase a squat rack. Um, and I am a really big fan of, um, uh, of the multi-purpose ones, right? So they, mm. they have, you know, several different, uh, you know, they have the little holes drilled into the metal so that you can put, um, you know, the, the, the J hooks the, lower or yeah, higher, depending exactly. on what you're trying to work. In which case you're able to do squats. You're able to do, a uh, a set uh, uh, for um, you know high poles, etc., or you can do a, a bench press setup, right? But the ability to to again multi-use, um, and and when it comes to that squat rack, then you're enabling yourself to do some Olympic lifting and, and enable some heavier weights. Um, one of the, the unfortunate things that has come about as an advent of the pandemic is that uh, weight prices have gone up significantly. Oh my gosh, they, they exploded this last year. I think yeah. I was trying to get um, 15 pound dumbbells and they were, the cheapest I could find I think was $80 for a set. Um, and that was secondhand. Wow. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it, it's pretty silly. And, and there's going to be price gougers all over the place. And the thing to keep in mind, right, is that really... <laughs> Really, you shouldn't be paying much more than about a dollar a pound. Now, if you're getting rubber coated or you know balanced weights, then you're gonna pay a little bit of a premium on that. But if you're just looking for a, a standard set of iron, you know, cast iron weights, and you're paying upwards of two or three dollars a pound, you're you're paying a silly tax. I think I I would probably wait and look for a better outlet. And I just having done a lot of research on this. Um, if you're patient, you can get into that dollar to dollar fifty at the most price range. So, uh, just you know, if, as someone that's new into the world, don't don't come into it you know, and get fleeced just because that's what they say the price is. This is true. This is true. <laughs> but we're excited. We're we're pricing right now a squat rack that we can get out in our home gym. Uh, I mm. think that's really going to improve our ability to. Mm do some, some of our ho home workouts and get those compound movements in. Yeah. I know what we're looking at as a safe space or space saver, I can talk today, <laughs> is, is one that's collapsible that we can fold yeah. up against the wall and still have functional space in, in our garage, which is where yeah. for now our, our home gym's gonna live. Um, so 
So definitely, look, there's there's a lot of varieties out there as, yeah. as far as like ones that don't move, ones that can get hidden a little bit more um, depending on the space that you have available. Yeah, and and, and to be clear, they've got you know they've got whole home gym systems with the cable assemblies attached to it and whatnot. Um, and that's great. And it, one, if, if that's what you're looking for is you don't want to have to mess with stuff. You just want to set and go, um, you know, those pin loaded type things. Um, that's great. Or, you know, like what we're planning is we're going to do the squat rack and then they have cable assemblies. Um, and they're really, there's like 15 to 30 bucks a pop. It's not too bad. And you can get this cable assembly and then you just attach the Olympic weights to the bottom of that cable and, you know, with you know pulleys you can have a horizontal uh pole or a vertical pole or just wherever you'd like to set it um and you probably save 80 to 90 percent of the cost just doing it yourself if that's what you want to do um but it is very that is kind of the 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 last bit there and we were talking about monkey feet and having the ability to do those uh you know leg extensions, hamstring curls, etc. Um, I know the way to go about that would be to, to have a setup with the cables and pulleys. Um, and, you know, and then you can start getting your tricep extensions and lat pull downs, etc. So it, it's, it's important to continue growing your, your, uh, your home gym. Um, and, and those are, are very critical pieces if you're looking at a very long term, um, you know, home training program. All right, you guys. Well, I hope you enjoyed uh, what we had for you today. We are really excited to just continue to be a part of your journey as you guys continue to develop those lifestyle habits, nutrition, training, and all of that. Yeah, and if you like what you heard today, make sure on whatever podcast outlet that you're following us on to subscribe, follow, comment, or leave a five-star review. Uh, and, of course, um, on Instagram, if you take a screenshot, uh, tag dumbbells and diets tag keith tag missy and make sure to share it so that uh, we can continue to grow our message and get it out there to everybody else all right thank you so much guys as always we enjoy having you guys here with us that's all folks